I still need to use my voice to express my opinions and my platform and my podcast and my social media channels to be very clear on how I stand on topics that are important to me. Today's episode is sponsored by the Artist Incubator Mastermind. If you're ready to take your current art business to the next level, I have spots available to work with me. Go to shulmanart.com forward slash B-I-Z as in biz to apply. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hello, this is your host, artist Miriam Shulman, and you're listening to episode 110 of the Inspiration Place podcast. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Today, we're talking all about branding and why it matters. In this episode, you'll discover why your brand is more than just the colors and fonts you choose for your website, why you can't compartmentalize your values as a working artist, and to ask yourself if you've been censoring yourself. All right, I have a wonderful guest to help me out today. Let me introduce you to India Jackson. She's the CEO of Flaunt Your Fire and host of the five-star rated podcast that helps brands amplify their influence without changing who they are. From beauty model and bodybuilder, by the way, she's blindingly beautiful, just saying, to published photographer, for 10 years, India watched as talented professionals were forced to adopt identities that were sellable but not authentic. Her brand visibility agency now helps clients ditch stale marketing, break out of industry molds, and build authority by being themselves. India holds a BA in design from Towson University, and she's been featured on stage at Altitude Summit, Rebel Con, and She Podcast Live, and has served leading businesses across North America, including Christian Dior. Please welcome to the Inspiration Place, India Jackson. Well, hey there, India. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. And thank you for the epic introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, usually like we put in like the the Stephen Colbert style with the here she is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have so much to go over today, but as I said to you before I hit record, I do want to learn a little bit about how you got into branding because you're an artist first, right? You went, you got a degree in fine art. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. What I really enjoyed about my program is it gave me the opportunity to learn some of the original foundations of art and design, color theory, line, shape, all the beautiful things that we, you know, artists need to dive into. (laughs) But as I began to dive into those things, I knew when I had selected to switch majors from science to art and design, that I wanted to provide a safe space for individuals to create an image of themselves, specifically at that time, a photographic image through photography, where they didn't have to worry about the sexual harassment or 
the predatory mentality that can happen in the photography, fashion, and beauty industry, especially with, at the time, knowing a lot of teenage models and having been one myself and had been in those shoes. Began learning more about photography and started um, transitioning from school projects, which is like photographs and trees or something random like that, that we, if you've been to school for our, you know, it's like, where do they come up with these ideas? <laughs> right, let's, let's draw some apples. Yeah, basically. I began to decide like, how can I make my projects actually support the career that I want to have and that I'm going into? And so I began to photograph these models as a part of my homework assignments. I began to accept paid work while I was still a student. Good for you. I found myself having these conversations because I'm really curious about like, why are you wanting to create this image? And, you know, what's your big vision for yourself? Many of these individuals were creating images that weren't really getting them where they wanted to go. And so we began to strategize like, well, if you want to be the soccer mom in the ad campaign, you know, we need this kind of image instead of that. And that kind of started that journey of realizing that it's more than just photographs. It's more than just a logo or colors. It's also being really strategic about what we're creating and why. I love that. Gives us a really good entry point to what we're talking about today. Because I think that's something, India, that I've confused myself. I had seen certain influencers showing up online and getting huge followings because they pose in their bathing suits and their underwear. (laughs) And I thought that's what I had to do. And I was really uncomfortable with doing that. Like I had this photo shoot in San Diego. Most of the photos I use are like from the neck up now. Like I tell my team, please don't use those photos with all my cleavage. (laughs) But what this year has taught me is I got it wrong. It's not about showing up in your underwear. It's showing up in your metaphorical underwear. Yes, Absolutely. And that's why I love that I'm having you on the podcast today, because I know that's a really huge, important component of what you help your clients do. Yeah. And I think that there's an opportunity to show up in your metaphorical underwear visually, as well as within your content, what you're saying, um, what are your captions? When you're interviewed, what are you talking about? I think that people throw around these words, authenticity and brand and marketing and vulnerability, you know, like candy. And because of that, it means so many different things to so many people. So I think that it's important to first state that for my brand, Flaunt Your Fire, my team, when we think of branding, we think of it as your public image, your reputation. It's what someone is going to say about you when you're not around to influence, you know, what's being said or sometimes, you know, alter what they say because they know you're right there. It's what they would say to someone else if they had described who you are as an artist or who you are as a person. And sometimes it can be both. And so being clear about that then determines that, oh, well, if we look at brand in this way, then everything else that we're doing shapes that. The colors, the logo, the type of art that you create, how you dress, what your photographs look like, what your captions are about, what subjects do you cover when you are connecting with your people. These are all shaping what would be said about you, but they're not necessarily the brand on our own. I have a friend who is very popular on Instagram. She's an illustrator. I'll give her a shout out, Jennifer Orkin Lewis. And she's also very outspoken about her political beliefs. And it's I find it's very brave of her. She will post pictures that will say Biden-Harris on it, and she will get a lot of pushback from people. 
not necessarily just arguing about the political position, but the pushback is that she should only be sharing pretty pictures. I I love that noise you just made. Okay. So that was something that I wanted to dig into with you because I know there are a lot of people who share that thought that we should only be posting pretty pictures. I think that that is a very old way of thinking. It's also a very privileged way of thinking. Mm. While we all have the right to think and believe and act in the way that we choose to, I cannot, as a Black woman, only post pretty pictures that our team has created. I, as a woman of color, cannot allow myself to sit back and not talk about what I believe in because it affects people that look like me, you know, to continue to be silent, especially at the times that we've had, you know, over the last few years. But if we're going to be honest, the times that we've always had, people just have chosen to start speaking up about it. The right that us as women artists have to be sharing these views, this is not an old thing. This is a new right that we have. So I went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art a few weeks ago. It's finally open. Thank God. And I'm in the Dutch area. They had a painting by a woman artist, but it was a beautiful floral bouquet. So this is like in the category of pretty pictures, right? But the reason why she wasn't doing portraits was because women were not allowed to study the human figure. We weren't allowed to do that. So I feel like this is a newly won privilege and right that we have to start expressing some of these beliefs we have that have always been available to men. If you look at other artists, not just recently, but the European artists who expressed their views during the French Revolution or Frida Kahlo, who expressed her communist beliefs, this is something that artists do. When you're a passionate artist, you speak about not just what you find pretty. Even more so for artists, that there's an opportunity to really tap into all of your creative juices and create pieces that allow people to consider something in a different way, in a way that conversation sometimes can be more intimidating with, or people can shut that down a little bit easier. So there's an opportunity there, but I think that that opportunity begins with getting clear on what your values even are. You know, if you're going to begin to use your art for change and to spark conversation, you know, take some time to get clear on what that change is that you want to see. What do you value? What do you stand for? You know, what are you not willing to support? And it makes it so much easier to decide what am I going to create and why? Because it's amazing to have the opportunity to create work that allows us to pay our bills, but also like creatives have the ability to create things that also fuel their soul. And that's important too. Creatives have the opportunity to create pieces or music or paintings that leave behind the legacy that they want to be remembered for. And that might not always be what's going to sell and that's okay. Yeah. I also want to speak, India, to the idea that as an artist, you may not want to be an artist that expresses your political views through your art, but why at the same time? So I think I would probably fall into that category. I still need to use my voice to express my opinions and my platform and my podcast and my social media channels to be very clear on how I stand 
on topics that are important to me. And there's something actually I listened to recently on your podcast, India, that helped me find a little more compassion for some of my artist friends who have been silent. You had talked with, I don't remember your guest's name, but talking about highly sensitive people who are afraid... They can imagine what the judgments will be when they do express their opinions. Absolutely. And I love giving credit where it's due. So Lola Pickett, she's amazing. She works with highly sensitive individuals and empaths. I am so glad that you brought that up because there's that other side of that to hear me say, oh, well, you know, you do need to use your voice for you to say that people can go and step back and then be really afraid and think of all the what ifs. What will people think? What will people say about me? Will I lose people? The other side of being highly sensitive, and I'm going to say for many creatives, this will apply to as well, even if they don't identify that way, is that we can go through all the scenarios and we can feel the impact of them before they even happen. And so that can leave us in fear, that can leave us in action, and that can leave us in silence. Yeah. And what I would say to that is that it's okay to ease into these things. You don't have to like wave the anti-racist flag or wave the pro-democrat flag, you know, high and mighty from the beginning. You can find a way to kind of ease yourself into taking a little bit more risk and being a little bit more vocal and being a little bit more visible each day and build it like a muscle in the gym. I say that because every small action leads to long-term change. And it's also important to make sure that the actions that we're taking are sustainable. You know, we don't want people to burn themselves out on action and then they tap out and they're like, I'm done. I I did my thing. So I'm never revisiting this (laughs) because that doesn't benefit anyone either. Right. (laughs) I think it's a lot easier as a culture. We've been programmed to fit in. Mm. It's a little bit hard for me to say that. It pains me a little bit as somebody who has an art background because art is all about like expression and freedom and creativity. But still, even in that world, you know, it's easier to fit in than it is to stand out. Standing out means innovation. Standing out means that people can have an opinion of you that you're not going to know what that is until you put it out there. But I also want to remind you that when we think of the most impactful people that have been here on earth. You know, when we think of the people who've left behind a legacy, they were not on a mission to fit in. They were willing to stand out. Or make friends or be liked by everybody. Because the truth is, no matter what you do, not everyone's going to like you. They will also not like you for staying silent. (laughs) And so I'm like, you know, hey, if if there's going to be people that don't like you anyway. They might as well not like you for the right reasons. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and the thing, India, that I am learning to get comfortable with. So it's definitely a journey for me. I don't, I'm not coming from the place of I've arrived, I've evolved fully. I'm making mistakes all along the way and I'm getting it from both sides. I'm getting it from people who don't feel I'm doing it enough, being progressive enough, or whatever I said yeah. was wrong because maybe I didn't know the right words, as well as, oh, wait, you stepped on my value the values I don't agree with. So I'm stepping on people's values either way. I'm stepping in poo-poo. But when you're an entrepreneur, you always, artists are entrepreneurs, unless you're giving all your art away (laughs) for free. But even then, even if you are an artist who paints for fun, every time we go to paint something, there's never a guarantee it's going to work out. That's why there's that Matisse quote, creativity takes courage. 
you have to be willing to experiment and make mistakes. And if you're in business, you have to be willing to experiment and make mistakes. And this is part of that same journey for me. I am willing to make mistakes and be criticized and take that in and decide, do I agree with that? Do I want to change? And the beauty of that is you learn from those mistakes too. You know, there's valuable lessons and there's growth in mistakes. And on the other side, if you're willing to risk failing spectacularly, there's also that other side of that, that what happens if you don't fail? You have a spectacular win. It's so important to take these risks. It's so important to still continue to have courage and to try something different and to put yourself out there because either way, something beautiful is going to come out of it on the other side. Mm, I love that. All right. So one thing I want to talk about, because I feel that this is true of a lot of people who are listening. I had somebody apply to the Artist Incubator Program. By the way, whenever I say that, if it sounds like you, it might be you, but it might also include a dozen other people, just so you know. Okay, because I've gotten in trouble before because somebody messaged me and it's like, were you talking about me? (laughs) Like, well, maybe, but also everybody else who does exactly what I'm talking about. So just whoever you are, you're not alone if you do this. So somebody came to apply to me and I always ask, what's your website? What's your Instagram if you have it? And there's so many people whose Instagram accounts are private. And then they get on the call with me and and I say, what's your goal? They said to be well known. I was like, well, why is your Instagram account private? (laughs) (laughs) And it's exactly, it sounds funny when you say it that way. But here's why I'm telling this story is what you were talking about is it's also because they're afraid of being rejected. So they're rejecting themselves ahead of time. And in this one particular example, now I am talking about you, if you think I'm talking about you, (laughs) the person shared with me that she was getting creepy guy messages, which by the way, we all get. You don't even have to be, I mean, she's relatively attractive, but you don't have to be hot to get creepy guy messages on Instagram. That's just, I don't know, that's that's just what creepy guys do. (laughs) So I said, well, okay, so you want to sell your art, but you're not putting your Instagram publicly because of creepy guy messages. Is that, did I get that right? She goes, oh, well, when you put it to me that way, I see like why it doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense. But this is what we do. People are afraid and it's like, what's the worst that can happen? I will be honest. I personally get a ton of creepy guy messages. And I think that what has been really helpful for me And I also know that others will get like sexist messages or fat phobia messages or insert, you know, trolling thing here. And what's been really helpful is to have some protocols for that. What is your standardized way to respond to this? And when you are able to think about that in advance before it happens, it makes it easier to deal with when they come. If you have a virtual assistant, maybe sometimes that's putting that barrier in there where they go in and clean out the bad stuff and you only have the good stuff left to respond to. Depends on the nature of your business, but it's important to really to have a solution in place that we don't live in fear of, you know, well, I'm getting these. So what happens when I keep getting more of that? And you lose sight of all of the beautiful conversations that you're getting, especially if you're talking about your values, especially if you're willing to talk about your mistakes and the lessons that you've learned along the way, that's going to call people in. 
who actually want to get to know you better and are there for the long haul with you. So we don't want to miss out on those because they're creepy guy. That's 100% true. Right. I, there are creepy guys. India, who's a former model and blindingly beautiful and in her prime, definitely is going to get more than me, who's 51 going on 52. <laughs> but I get them too, because also I'm highly photoshopped on, on Instagram, as we discussed. Stop it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I am too sometimes. (laughs) I actually get the rude comments actually come more from from women than from men. Like I'm showing too much skin is usually like they'll criticize that. They're entitled to tell me whatever they want. I don't care. (laughs) You know, I always find that interesting because I have several clients that are over 40, some over 50 that are more than happy to be in like a Brazilian style bikini. And they get the other side of like, yeah, girl, I'm so glad that you did that. Yeah, we can look this way over a certain age as well. And so I think it's a matter of as well, the consistency in what you're sharing, how you're talking about yourself. You know, Are you giving people permission to be more of themselves? Because sometimes us being more of ourselves and showing up more fully that way can allow them to see like, where are they not doing that? And creating that kind of environment you will still get trolls. There's no way around that. Oh, 100%. But you will get more people cheering you on. <laughs> I also do think as women, we get more comments about our appearances than men. Like I'll be on Absolutely. a masterclass and people are commenting about whether or not they like my highlights. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, really? Like, that's not what we were here for. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm so sorry to interrupt this juicy conversation, but I did want to let you know that I have room inside my Artist Incubator Mastermind. If you're lacking a solid strategy and a winning mindset, and you've been disappointed with your current art sales, I can help you. If you've been listening to this podcast and you found my tips helpful, then maybe it's time to take the next logical step and work with me on a deeper level. The Artist Incubator Mastermind is for professional artists who want to take it up a notch. If you're ready to invest in your art career and join a dynamic community of artists who are doing the same, go to shulmanart.com forward slash B-I-Z to apply. Now back to the show. Okay, so I do want to be vulnerable today, though, and I want to share something I learned recently, and then I heard you also talking about this on your podcast. So I am an India Jackson fan, just in case you don't know. Her Flaunt Your Fire podcast is excellent. Definitely check it out. So I was writing copy talking about people who underprice their art. And I use the words, you have to price what you're worth. And (gasps) oh, I love that you guessed. The sound effects are so good for podcasting. (laughs) Danielle Weil, who was helping me with this, she knew because she either had diversity training or she's more enlightened than I am. She knew she's like, no, no, Miriam, people do not have values. Don't say that. I was like, oh, okay. And then I heard you talk about it on your podcast with Jacquette Simmons. She's a financial behaviorist. Can you tell them why that's bad? Yes. So I want to say that this comes from me as being more of a living expert, a new term I learned from my business partner, Erica Cordea, diversity inclusion coach. I am not a diversity coach, so I want to be clear about that. But I can speak from my experience that being told for many, many years that I needed to charge my worth or I wasn't charging my worth. It never really sat well for me. And I know that the goal of the coach was to get me to price my services higher because the quality, you know, was there and the demand was there. And so 
I was kind of undermining myself by not charging enough. At the same time, the way that that was being worded in a very subconscious and like generational kind of thing that I didn't really understand at the time was triggering for me and was done in a way that I know that this person didn't intend to, but would never have allowed me to actually increase my price. Because when I think of now, you know, that I know more, charging my worth subconsciously is attached to the fact that people who are Black in America that have slavery and their ancestry did have a price tag to their life. And to ask me to charge my worth, which at the time was like asking me to increase to like, I don't know, maybe it was $3,000 for like a couple hour photo shoot. Subconsciously, I have generation and generation of trauma that their entire lifespan of their whole course of life, all the work that they could do, barely being able to eat or sleep or any of these kinds of things, being raped by oppressors was attached to an $800 or less price tag. Mm. So there's just a lot of layers to when we ask people to charge their worth. We all hear these phrases and so we repeat them, but I don't think we do enough of unpacking what they really mean. The truth is the value of your life, the value of mine or anyone else's is worth so much more than anyone could ever pay for. I love that. It's what you say. And as women, we forget that it's like a hundred years ago, we were a property for our husbands as well. You know, we didn't have credit cards. We didn't have our own bank accounts. We couldn't take our own mortgage out. These are all new rights. These rights are like not that old, less than 50 years old. So like within my lifetime, women had dowries. You know, you there was a price on your head as a woman. And this is a cross-cultural thing, like how how small your feet are. Well, you're worth more if you have small feet in China 200 years ago. So you can say, oh, the policing, you know, the thought police or whatever, the words, but but they do matter. They do. And I want to be transparent, you know, that I have my own words to work on. Like It took me a really, really, really long time to have my default phrase not be you guys. But that's so rooted in like male dominancy. Yeah, I say that a lot too because I'm from New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) And being from DC, we say it here all the time too because we don't use the phrase y'all. That's a little bit more like south of Virginia. (laughs) When I lived in Atlanta, I said y'all. And then I moved from Atlanta to New Jersey right around middle school. It's like, no, 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 no. You can't talk this way. (laughs) In my copy, I'll say y'all like when it's written. But I know like when I speak to say y'all with a New York accent, it's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. (laughs) But I share that to say that we all have our things. So if you're listening and you've told people to charge their work. Yeah. So there's a couple of episodes. I'm not going back and editing them, but they're there. All these, (laughs) all these little mistakes. That's why I said, I just wanted to share that because I don't want to be here as I've got it figured out. I'm still learning and it's not just read this one book or do these things for a few months. It is, it's a journey that we're on, you know, as humans to be more inclusive in our actions, more inclusive in our language as well. Yeah. And I find that the more that you're able to really lean into who you are and do as you've done today and be transparent, be vulnerable about these things, you will call in the people that appreciate and accept you for who you are, even for your listeners and your artist. 
sharing those values. And you don't have to go straight to your political beliefs, but at some point being able to talk about things that maybe you haven't in the past, it will call in the people who are really on board for who you are. And then at that point, it doesn't matter what kind of art you want to sell, or if at some point you're selling something else, they're there for the long haul because they're there for you as a human. We're not saying to stop painting sunflowers and you now you can only whatever. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't even know what the next thing is. India, this is a really good place for you to share with us how you help people get bigger visibility. So I already mentioned that you have the Flaunt Your Fire podcast, as well as the Pause on Your Play podcast, which you co-host with Erica Corday, who's been a guest on the show. Could you explain what the Pause on the Play community offers, what the benefits are of joining that group? Yes, thank you for asking. So Pause on the Play, the community is a online network that Erica and I started as an opportunity and a way for people to continue to do their diversity, equity, inclusion work, as well as integrate their values. And when I say values, I mean, that's not the only value out there. It could be being eco-friendly. It could be, you know, being a feminist, whatever that is, we're integrating those values into their brand and their visibility. And so it's kind of a great opportunity to meet other business owners who are doing this work. It's a great opportunity to have the accountability. And every month we're doing live Q&A calls, specific podcast recordings just for the community. Mm. They're getting to speak with the expert, really just getting that level of support and awareness. Lately, what's been coming up a lot, which I find interesting that you mentioned it, is language. So we've been diving into phrases like blind spots and why that phrase is problematic and what we can replace that with, you know, because it speaks to the fact that some people actually can't see, you know, and there's a lot of different pieces and nuances to being more inclusive. um, And we're really bringing that out in the community. Could you just share a question that might have gotten asked during a recent Q&A just so people can understand what kinds of questions that you're helping them with? Yes, of course. So um, we've reviewed people's sales pages. We've looked at sales copy, email sequences, also helped some of our clients in the community kind of lay out what an advisory board looks like as they're starting to look at award seats, which we call them that instead of scholarships because it doesn't feel as like handouty. Grants. Yes. I also find what's coming up as well as like how to continue this work right now that we're coming up as this is being recorded on elections. So what can we do to provide more access for people to be able to get out and vote that maybe don't have a vehicle? Okay, that's good. I also remember you mentioning you do office hours as part of Pause on the Play. I know you also have something else we'll talk about in a moment, the visibility office hours. Yes. So office hours within Pause on the Play, which we realize we probably need to change the name of that to what it really is, which is like a study hall. It's our study hall session. You come in, it's dedicated time on the calendar to work on your business instead of in your business. So there's no billing people. There's no client work. In this case, there's no painting. You're literally planning out what are you going to do to get more visibility for your business. So you're working on the business during that hour and Erica and I are there to support you. If you need any technical help or have any questions, we're able to, through Zoom, take over your computer, install software if we need to, go in and lay out your spreadsheets for podcast pitching, whatever that looks like. (laughs) Okay. So like you might look at somebody's, you would be able to look at my Facebook ads image and say, 
you want me to be totally vulnerable? Here's where I know I stepped in doo-doo last spring. Uh-oh. <laughs> I had a portrait class. And inside my portrait class, I do teach how to paint the rainbow of, of skin tones. But the advertising featured a blonde child. And the advertising said, do you want to paint a picture? Basically, would you like to paint a portrait that looks like this? And so there should be no question why, like two months later, I'm looking at my community, why there weren't so many people of color who signed up for it. There were lots of people who signed up who had grandchildren of mixed races who like maybe were attracted to the blonde child, but then also attracted to the fact that I teach them how to paint the rainbow in the class. But my advertising has to change. Yes, I'm so glad you shared that because a big part of what I do within the community is looking at how what you're about to put out, whether it be written or visual, is going to shift who you attract. And so if we want to attract diversity or if we want to attract people that care about the environment, you know, what do we need to shift here so that our brand is aligned and going to pull those people in and repel the people that don't care about those things? Yeah. So like I need to show not just the blonde child, but you know, I'm not even blonde. (laughs) And then I wonder why I have so many blondes in my community. Well, it's obvious. Right. I'm a blonde dad. (laughs) All right. So I would also love to hear India about your visibility office hour. So this is different than pause on the play community. This would be for somebody, I guess, like me who wants to map out blog content or podcast content. Could you explain what that's all about? Yes. What I love about the visibility office hour is it's a great opportunity to do a deep dive into one area that you're needing support with. So in the past, what I've done with some clients is we've had them use it as like a brainstorming session to lay out all of their podcast topics for the next few months. They can go on and batch. You can even start to talk about what type of guest, if they have guests on their podcast, would be a good fit for those topics. We've also used it to set up systems. And so I use that phrase a lot because I think that Many people are afraid of systems, but systems can actually help you create consistency. And I think people can be fearful of that because they just don't know where to start or they're not tech savvy. Yeah. What I like to tell my clients, by the way, so I have like five parts of my framework and I used to call the fifth framework systems. And then I realized that was scaring people. (laughs) (laughs) I rebranded it. It's called the productivity plan. (laughs) Because system, like you just think of computers. But really, it's more than just computers. It's really like, what's your process? Like, what's the first step? What's the second step? What's the third step? And a computer obviously can help you do it faster. What URL can they go to to find that? Sure. It's going to be flauntyourfire.com and you'll see a services button. Okay. All right. So we're including links to all of these places in the show notes, which is shulmanart.com forward slash 110. Don't forget, if you like this episode, you have to check out my Artist Incubator Mastermind. It's my private coaching program for artists who want to take their art business to the next level and are craving strategy and support and confidence building. That's what I offer inside the program. If you want to apply, because it is by application only, go to shulmanart.com forward slash B-I-Z. Enrollment is on a rolling basis, but I usually only have a few spots available at any time. So once you apply, if you qualify, we'll meet together one-on-one. You'll get my eyes on your art business and we'll talk about the steps you need to take to reach your goals and thrive. All right, India, do you have any last words for my listeners before we call this podcast complete? I'd want to remind them that 
It's easier to fit in than it is to stand out. But if you truly are here as an artist to create a legacy and to be remembered for the impact that you had, then you have to stand out. Fitting in never created a legacy. I love that. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. We have some amazing guests coming your way. If you're feeling extra generous, leave me a review. All you have to do is hop on over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash inspire, which by the way, I learned about that cool app from India and listening to her podcast. And also, if you pop your Instagram handle at the end of that review, I'll give you a shout out over on my IG stories so you get even more visibility. All right, guys, thank you so much for being with me here today. I'll see you same time, same place next week. Make it a good one. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course, on shulmanart.com. 